800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. These are the stories we are following this hour. There is a car accident reported this morning in Juneau. Authorities have suspended the search for the 12-year-old boy still missing following a deadly landslide in Wrangell. The Juneau Skating Club is having a holiday skate show this Saturday, and donations are being accepted for the Rachel McLeod Juneau Christmas Dinner Box. First, a single vehicle accident was reported this morning at about 8 a.m. on Mendenhall Backloop across from Mendenhall River Community School. In the accident, three pedestrians, a mom, and two children sustained injuries. They are in stable condition at this point, according to Juneau Police Department Lieutenant Craig Campbell. Authorities have suspended the search for the 12-year-old boy still missing following a deadly landslide in the southeast Alaska community of Wrangell. Five people have been confirmed killed in the landslide and their bodies recovered. Otto Forschutz, Timothy, and Beth Heller, and two of the couple's children, 11-year-old Kara Heller and 16-year-old Mara Heller. Derek Heller remains missing following the November 20th landslide that came down into the path of three homes, one of which was unoccupied. Forschutz's wife, Christina Forschutz, survived. The city and borough of Wrangell Wednesday said the decision to end the search for Derek Heller followed 15 days of tireless and exhaustive efforts by search and rescue teams. Leah Farzine from the Juno Skating Club talks about a free holiday skate show coming up this weekend. We love performing and we love showing people how much fun skating is and always helps to get more people in the door at Treadwell. So yeah, one hour show starts at one o'clock on Saturday. Don't be late. The show includes choreographed routines. Yeah, there are programs all to uh, holiday music that the skaters have mostly done themselves with some help from the coaches. So we all kind of work together on it and they make their own, they pick their own music and they make their own program and um, we do it for the community for free. There will also be a dessert auction at the event. Visit junoskatingclub.org for more information about the Juno Skating Club. And Hayden Garrison joined Capital Chat to share details on the Rachel McCloud Juno Christmas dinner box. We've been doing this now for, uh, geez, nine, nine years ever since uh, Rachel McCloud passed away in 2014. We fundraise for families in need and we build 360 full Christmas dinners, just like you would have on your table. Turkey, stuffing, potatoes, a pie. He explains how the process works. So we go out and fundraise for all this, and then we work with Super Bear and Foodland IGA, and we give us a phenomenal deal on the food, and we bring it all over to the Salvation Army, and we have the interactors, uh, rotary interactors come in, and they're like little ants running around, and they pack all the 360 boxes, and then we set it on Salvation Army's floor and Salvation Army runs the list and they get people that qualify to, you know, all these families and not just people, that's 360 families. Garrison adds last year their food bill was almost $19,000. He thanks their biggest sponsors. We have amazing sponsors here that have donated some money and we're, we're looking for more 
uh, money out there. A couple of our, our big ones, if I can say it, of course, is our Super Bear and Foodland. Our four Rotary Clubs go together and they each donate $500. And then Rotary Cares for Kids comes in and has a matching grant of 2000 for that, which is phenomenal. That's been going really good. Um, Robin Lona State Farm has been a big part of this. And Zentropa Services has jumped in this year to help us out a lot. And here is how to donate. Easiest way to go about doing this is go to GoFundMe. And you go to GoFundMe, type in 2023 Juno Christmas Dinner, and we're like first position. The Woman of the Moose Juno Chapter 439 helped the volunteers fundraise and coordinate the delivery of the food. For every $50 donated, a full Christmas dinner will be secured for a family that would otherwise not be able to afford one. The Salvation Army hands out their boxes on the 16th. Sign up to receive a box at junosalvationarmy.org. Coming up next on News of the North, Governor Mike Dunleavy has announced the details for his 2023 holiday open house. That story next with Jordan Lewis. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. Governor Mike Dunleavy and First Lady Rose Dunleavy invite all Alaskans to attend the 2023 Holiday Open House at the Governor's Residence in downtown Juneau on Tuesday, December 12th from 3 to 6 p.m. Lieutenant Governor Nancy Dahlstrom and Mr. Kit Dahlstrom will also be there to greet Alaskans. The United States Forest Service contributed a 15-foot lodgepole pine tree harvested from the Silvis Lake area in the Tongass National Forest for this year's open house. Ornaments for the tree were created by 5th grade students at the Pioneer Home Indian Education Preschool and the Hoteling Elementary School in Ketchikan. It is an untraditional governor's holiday open house without cookies, though. This year's event will feature an impressive spread of holiday treats, including 21,350 cookies, 79 pounds of toffee and brittle, 57 pounds of chocolate, and 50 pounds of fudge. Alaska State Commissioners will also be there to serve hot cider to all visitors. Holiday music will be performed by students from Floyd Dryden Middle School, Juno Douglas High School, and Thunder Mountain High School. The first open house was held by Territorial Governor Walter Eli Clark and his family on New Year's Day, 1913. The annual tradition has been held every year since, apart from two years during World War II and in 2020 due to COVID-19. The U.S. Senate Indian Affairs Committee held a Wednesday hearing about the fentanyl opioid crisis in indigenous communities where federal officials detailed how they were working with tribes to address the crisis. The top Republican on the committee, Senator Lisa Murkowski, said Native people have the highest overdose death rates from synthetic opioids when you compare them to other racial and ethnic groups in Alaska alone. Montana Republican Senator Steve Daines criticized the Biden administration for its policies at the southern border, arguing that fentanyl is coming into the U.S. from Mexico. Daines asked one of the witnesses, Adam Cohen, the deputy director of the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy, if the Biden administration was doing enough at the southern border. Cohen responded by saying the fact that Overdose rates are as high as they are in indigenous communities is difficult. We are seizing record amounts of narcotics as it is coming across the border. Danes pressured him and asked if Border Patrol agents having to process claims of asylum took away from seizing illegal drugs at the border. Cohen responded with saying, I'm hesitant to conflate border security, immigration policy, and narcotics trafficking. The fact that we are seizing as much as we are seizing is saving American lives, and that's the metric. In that request, $250 million will go toward the Indian Health Service for prevention, treatment, and recovery for addiction to opioids, according to Cohen. And a northern sea otter who was found alone and malnourished in the remote Alaska town of Soldovia in October has a new home in Chicago. 
The pup was initially taken to the Alaska Sea Life Center in Seward, but Chicago Shedd Aquarium is one of only a few facilities in the United States with the resources to care for rescued otters. Sea Life Center staff contacted the aquarium and its otter team made the cross-country journey with the fluffy brown marine mammal. They arrived in Chicago at the end of November. The pup will remain in the Sea Otter Nursery for a few months. Lana Gonzalez from Shedd Aquarium explains how they care for the little pup. We have a team of staff that are helping round the clock. Caring for a little otter pup is just like caring for an infant. So he gets fed every few hours. We're in essence playing the role of the mother. We're helping to feed it. We are also grooming it regularly to help it get that nice, full, fluffy coat. He gets some formula. So we have um, some puppy, actually, formula that we blend with um, electrolytes and then also some uh, clam. He also is eating solid food, but they're very, very tiny pieces. So this is some surf clam. He has several milestones he needs to still mate. He needs to not be drinking a bottle anymore, get a little bit more bigger in size, also eating more diet, so those sort of things before he's ready to meet the other otters. The audio was courtesy of the Associated Press. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. For continuous updates, visit our website, knyradio.com.